You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Wake Up with Patty Catter. Where each week, Patty will interview guests that will motivate, encourage, and inspire you. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I am your hostess, Patty Catter. Today, I have Mr. Boone Cutler on the show with us. Boone, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you here. Well, Patty, thanks for having me on the show. I think you're doing a fantastic job, and I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for giving me your time. Thank you. I would absolutely love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I've known you, I was thinking about it, I think I've known you for about a decade or close to it. Gotta and be, gotta be. Yeah, I'm just blown away by the amount of energy that you have that you just keep going on for our military veterans. So if you could tell our audience who's, you know, everybody who's listening um, a little bit about your military, where you came from, what you're doing. Sure, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I joined the military uh, right after the Panama invasion. And, uh, you know, I spent my time there. I had three different, uh, three different breaks. I had two breaks in service. So I, you know, I actually joined three times. But uh, I had two breaks in service, I deployed to uh, Iraq in 2005, 2006, uh, where I had the, the pleasure of, of serving in Sadr City with some really amazing people. And, uh, but I was injured there. Uh, I finished my tour. I spent two years at Walter Reed Army Medical Center during the neglect scandal of 2007. I was there 06 to 08. Uh, so I experienced that. And, and when it was really that thing, that was the thing, you know, being at Walter Reed during the neglect scandal and just seeing what was going on where, you know, I, I had that, that moment with God, like, Hey God, why don't you fix this? You know? And, and God was like, fuck off. Why don't you go fix it? And so it, it was really that kind of a challenge. And, and it just one foot in front of the other, you know, to, to do what I, I could, you know, from a, from the perspective of, of one person, one more fighter trying to just use what they have to help other people and to, and suicide has been a, has been a big thing for me, you know, that's suicide and, um, you know, stopping the suicide. I authored the Spartan Pledge, and I always preface that though I authored it, it belongs to the entire community. You know, it's not mine; it's ours, and it should be protected as such. Um, the other things that I've, I've stood for is is utilizing uh, cannabinoids, other rather than uh, op- opioids, rather than benzos, all the stuff that was killing us, and that's been very successful. You know, these these are two things that have been very successful. Um, I've written a couple books. I've got two books coming out um, very soon. Before the end of the year, I'll have two books back out. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm an author at a radio show, you know, um, a local radio show here, 107.3, and also uh, the Fox, uh, the Fox Network here in, in Reno. Did that for a number of years. I had a show called Tipping Point with Boone Cutler. And that was, that was great. That was a great show. The only reason it stopped is because the radio station left town. And, um, there's just, I mean, I live in Reno, so there's like this many radio stations, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and that's about it. That's, that's long and short of it. And you know, I've been through my own trials and tribulations. My heart gave out after not knowing I had central sleep apnea for a number of years. And I ended up in Panama last year, uh, about 18 months ago, uh, and got stem cell therapy. Uh, so now I'm a pro- proponent for stem cell therapy. You know, there's a lot of good things that are, that are available uh, not cheap, and it's not covered by insurance, but these are things that really need to be brought to to the community to, to help people heal. 
Mm -hmm. It's true. When I first met you, I don't even remember exactly how I, I ran across your network. I remember you were with Tipping Point and mm -hmm. you actually interviewed me on one of your shows, which was really cool. And um, I just remember you always being such a strong advocate for almost, um, I would say, riskier, edgy type treatments for veterans because back then, cannabinoids um, or cannabinoids, I can't even say it. Weed. Cannabinoid. Yeah. Weed, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's all, in, in, in all forms, CBD, THC, uh, CBN, C, you know, all forms. But yeah, I was kind of risky back then. That was very risky. And the VA did not like that at all. Um, and so you, I think we're at the very front lines of that, pushing that for veterans. And I just kind of remember like just watching that and seeing how you were doing it and just kind of seeing how that was going to go because it was really taboo at the time. Mm. And I've seen a lot of veterans, um, who've, who are used that now for treating, um, anxiety and things like that. And it helps them tremendously. And they don't get that hot, you know, they're not getting high. They're just taking just enough where it helps them. So, um, I think that's really good. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your books that are coming out? Um, I noticed one, I, I remember it said sigh up on the front of it, something. What, what books do you have coming? I've got two books coming out. I wrote a book, um, actually in country when I was deployed to Iraq and I finished it when I was when I was at the hospital so it was written in real time and it was written over a decade ago now uh, and, and that book ha has been reteched and it's been reteched into a new book called call sign voodoo still the information is as raw as it was because I haven't changed the information but the the interesting thing about that book is it comes with a, a study guide so, because one of the things I got before was, hey, this is just too out there. People do not understand it. It's over their heads. It's so on and so forth. So we came out with a study guide with the book hmm. and we added back in something called the Lost Voodoo Pages because I wrote, I tried to write some when I was at the hospital and it's pretty dark, you know, it's, it goes really, really dark and it's, it's, uh, it's not pretty, but it was, and I couldn't even put it in the book at the time because I thought, you know, this is pretty over the top. And, and I realized it was not in a good state of mind when I wrote it. So I left it out. Mm -hmm. And then when we we're retyping the book, I was talking to my friend, Matt Miller, uh, who I deployed with. Uh, and he was on another team. He was in uh, the Abu Ghraib area. Was, and I was at Masada City. And uh, I told him I was going to do this. And he goes, hey, are you going to put those, those, those pages you had pulled out? And I said, well, you know, I probably would now, but I, I lost them. I don't, I don't have them. And he goes, I still got them. Wow. I got them. And so he sent them to me and we put that in the book. And that book's called Call Sign Voodoo. And that'll be released here shortly. And then a few months after, we're going to release, um, I haven't talked to anybody about this, you know, openly. So you're the first. You got kind of the exclusive here. Um, call Sign Voodoo sets you up and teaches you about what was going on with the military and, and just understanding the environment. Because then when we break into the follow-up book, which is Psyoper, if you don't have call sign voodoo, understand the environment, understand everything that's going on, you're, you're, really, you're not going to understand uh, Psyoper because Psyoper is not only told from the American perspective, it's also told by the enemy's perspective. Mm. Wow. So everything that we were, we were doing to them, how it was affecting them, 
you know, I've linked up, I made contact uh, with a person in Iraq who was doing, you know, operations uh, and supporting operations uh, for the enemy. And he's been, he's been kind of a snitch. He's like, yeah, this is like, uh, we debriefed one time and I said, you know, how are promotions handled within the Mahdi militia, within the militias in Iraq? You know, how do they, how do they set up their military structure? Tell me about the promotions. And he's, he's willing to tell me everything. And he said, uh, you know, he explains different things like uh, the way you get promoted is by how many people you've killed, whether it's uh, a different uh, religious faction, you know, Shia is killing Sunni, Sunni killing Shia, and, and how many Americans, you know, what's the reason for certain bad guys over there, like there's a guy named Abu Dura. And if you were ever in a situation where you had to, um, if you were in that area, you knew that name. You knew that name because he was a ghost and he was a butcher and he was a horrible person. Well, the book breaks into, you know, Abu Dura's history. You know, where did he start out? How did he get involved in all this? And, and how did he get his name? You know, Abu Dura basically means the Prince of Armor. And he got that name because he was attacking United States military tanks. And he was, he, he was known as basically a tank killer. Mm. And so he got the name Abu Dura. And then we go in deeper into it, and, and it shows, the book shows how the militia pays themselves, which is through an extortion process, because Abu Dura is such a, a big man over there. Um, Muqtada al-Sadr orders all the shops to pay Abu Dura protection money. And so, and this, we learn in the book, in SIOP, we, we learn how, how the enemy how they got money, where, where they spent their money, how they spent their money, how they conducted their operations, uh, what the hierarchies were. It's, it goes so deep into what the other side of the chessboard looked like and was doing. It's, it's mind-blowing. You writing it myself and, and working with the people that I'm working with that were on the other side of the, that chessboard, uh, they're currently involved in the Iraqi government, but uh, he's a spy. Uh, he's a spy against the Iraqi government. Uh, he learned about freedom from Americans, but didn't have the, the chance or opportunity to ever attain it for himself until 2012, which we also explained in the book, 2012, they got high-speed internet in their homes. Well, when they got high-speed internet in their homes, all the kids that we trained when we were over there about democracy and freedom and liberty and, and you know the rule of law and all these things, all those kids that, that got saturated in, well, now they were able to find each other because wow. they, had a, they had an element of anonymity. And once they found each other, then they started a revolution. And that revolution started October 2019 in Iraq, <laughs> secondary to what we taught these little tiny kids we were given soccer balls and book bags to. Um, they, they're the ones who are, who are trying to take over the country now. And they want to take over the country and have the rule of law and stop corruption. And uh, they want equal rights between men and women. Um, they want uh, no more religious governments. They want a secular government. And, uh, and it's based on the rule of law because they want to get rid of the corruption with the militias and with, with the Iranian-backed uh, government that has basically set up shop there. So God. we're seeing, yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. And, um, and that's what PSYOPer is all about. It's about, you know, what was going on from the enemy's side of the chessboard uh, compared to ours, because the, mm -hmm. some information, most of the information you find in Call Sign Buddha, you're also going to find in PSYOPer, 
But inside, and now that you've been kind of tuned up and you understand, this is what I'm telling people, they need to get call sign voodoo so they can understand PSYOPer. Otherwise, they won't. And so that's how we're going to release them. And there's just so many incredible things happening. And, and I put it in the book. Gosh, you know, I think that even um, besides regular, you know, military, I know that they're going to obviously want to read it. Um, but for me as a spouse, it seems really interesting because that whole time that um, Ken was deployed, for example, you know, I'm sending over candy and soccer balls and things like that for the kids. And I remember some people were really upset about that because they said that those kids are just going to turn into terrorists. And so for you, for me to hear you say this is like, it's something's just grabbing in my heart and just squeezing it. Like, oh my gosh, we were, you know, we're doing that. We were doing the right thing. And so many people questioned that back then. It was really um, something that even some of our military, they were really mad that they, you know, some of them didn't really want to give out candy and stuff to the kids. I remember that too. Um, but most of them did. Um, most of them love the kids there. Yeah. So, and that's, and the kids were a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. They yeah. were, they were a pain <laughs> in the ass and they, um, but they were always willing to listen. They were such a captive audience. And, and I just, I remember being in Sounder city, which is, you know, not a, not a nice place. It's not Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to hold court on a street corner with 15, 20 kids uh, you know, ages 15 and below and, and, and basically having the equivalent of what in America would be a ninth, ninth grade civics lecture mm-hmm. about, you know, how things, how things should run and how governments should run and, and what freedom is, what democracy is. They had no idea what democracy was when we got there. I mean, mm-hmm. when we pulled Saddam out of a hole, we said democracy. It just what it was something that was so foreign mm-hmm. and they were always trained to hate Americans because they thought, Americans sided with Israel and Israel was an enemy to Islam. And so therefore America was an enemy to Islam. And so it was very hard for them to accept our message and accept what we were saying at first. Mm-hmm. Now the older people, because they would be killed otherwise, if they, if they didn't go along with what the militia was saying and were telling them to do, but they heard the message, they heard the message. And as soon as those young kids, you know, now they're, mid late 20s early 30s they want democracy they want freedom they want iran out of their country they have stood toe to toe you know against the um, what is it they call it? the pmu and the pmf uh with the popular mobilization forces or popular mobilization unit that was basically made up of the um of uh, jishamedi which is the, the mahdi militia and Badr corps all financed by iran and they stood toe-to-toe with these, these guys to, to do a nonviolent revolution. They were getting killed daily, daily. And what they want is they want their country back. And they, they want to have sovereignty, true sovereignty. I never thought it could happen. But the bottom line is we just needed to wait for the kids to grow up and then be able to find each other. They grew up and then they found each other on the Internet. They organized and started a revolution. That is amazing. I think that a lot of my civilian friends who are listening, um, they're going to be particularly interested too, because, um, you know, you only hear what's on the news and without going there a lot, um, I haven't watched the news in years. Um, it's, it's never accurate. So I know a lot of the listeners, they take the news as a whole truth. 
And they don't even know anything about the enemies that we're fighting. Heck, I don't even, and I've been working in the military community for 14 years um, as far as helping our veterans. And I haven't really learned the other side of it. So I'm very interested in that. Um, You're going to learn more. I, I knew quite a bit, you know, I mean, because just because of the, the job I had, you know, you had to understand the culture and things. But I, I, I thought I knew quite a bit. Now that, you know, I get to see the other side of the chessboard, mm -hmm. it, it's, it is huge. It is huge. You know, I mean, you know, how they use the Iraqi peace, the police to set up IEDs, you mm -hmm. know, uh, what their tactics and techniques and procedures were when they would, when they would engage us with, with, um, with direct, with, by shooting us, you know, what, the, what their TTPs were, um, how they got money, how they financed the whole thing, who was behind it. And, and why did it, why did it even start? How did it start? Um, you know, people don't understand. I didn't understand. I certainly did not know that, you know, Iran was financing, not just the Shia side, but they were financing the Sunni side too. They were financing both sides. So they were financing two groups that were killing each other and two groups that would kill us. And the book just breaks it all down. And, uh, you know, we're naming names in the book. We're, I mean, it's, it's, it's nonfiction. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it gets the hair up on the back of your, on the back of your neck and, and it, it makes sense of things. So when you do watch the news, you know, after you, you've gotten through call sign Buddha and it gets you oriented to everything. And then you read PSYOP or you see the other side of the chessboard. Uh, when you do watch the news, you start to be able to see, be, you know, between the lines pretty good. Mm -hmm. And it's really just making people smarter to what the geopolitical systems do around the world. Um, have you thought about contacting movie directors? Because I think that your books are that phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something like there's something like that happening. Yeah. That is good because I would totally go watch any of the, that, those movies that are made from your books. I think it's important. Um, is to my listeners who don't know very much about the military, what would you tell them right now as to why, sh why should they take time to go read your books? Well, you should take the time. I would say the same for everybody, whether military or non-military. Mm -hmm. uh, you should take the time because to this day, nobody fucking knows what this war was about. Mm -hmm. It's true. You know, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, if you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. But when you read this, you see how it kind of draws down to instead of 10 different answers, like maybe three. Mm -hmm. and, and that gives you an awareness of the world. It gives you an awareness uh, of what warfighters actually went through over there. And, and the true, I mean, there were battles upon battles that were happening over there that nobody ever heard about, nobody ever knew about. Um, and, and this breaks that down, you know, like I'll give you an example, the, the bombing of the, of the Shia shrine in Samara, the golden shrine, uh, you know, we thought that went down one way and I'm just telling you, there was a, there was a surprise. There's a big surprise on, on how that happened and what happened and the effects on it and who was behind it. There's, there's a pretty big surprise in the book to stuff like that, you know, and I had no idea at the time. But, you know, because this is the enemy side of the chessboard, he's, they're showing me like where the covert action was, how they were getting hit uh, covertly and that, that the general populace would never know about otherwise. Mm -hmm. 
I have to say, I am very proud of you because um, ever since I've known you, you don't go in front of people and talk to them about things unless you have done your studying <laughs> and you're always going to put accurate information out. And that's what I really like about you too. Um, so many people will run their mouths and not know what they're talking about or, or they'll say, well, it might've been this, it might've been that, but you actually know what you're talking about. And I appreciate that you're standing up for, um, our veterans, obviously. Um, I appreciate that you're getting true stories out there because a lot of the history books are even kind of botched and, uh, books like yours are really important for our kids and their kids. So thank you, Boone. No, oh, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's totally my pleasure. You know, I, I, I put it in this perspective, you know, when I was a younger man in high school, if somebody would have given me a book, you know, they, they teach us about World War II in high school. If someone would have said, oh, and by the way, this is how it affected the enemy and this is what the enemy was doing and they're telling you directly. Yeah. I, it, I mean, imagine that. Imagine mm -hmm. that. Imagine knowing, you know, because the guys I'm working with, are, they're up there. I mean, they're up there in the government. They're right there um, and they're spies. And so when when everybody's kind of sitting around and like Suleimani, you know, I, I have stories of, of Suleimani and, and uh, what was being talked about and, and what was really going on and, and the connection between Suleimani and Afghanistan, which nobody even knows about. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives the perspective, you're like, the whole book, you're like, so that's why that happened. Mm -hmm. So that's why that happened. It's all the way through the book. That is Really awesome. I can't wait to, I want to see, I'm going to be buttering you up. Like, can I bribe you? I want to read them like right now. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's awesome. Boone, thank you. I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy that you came on the show. Um, I want to make sure that as soon as your books are out, I can pub like publish links for you and we can get some sales for you. And actually, I think that you're probably only the second author I've ever had on my talk show. And there's a huge reason for that. Most, um, mostly because I know you, I know that you're, you're truthful. That's huge to me because it's hard for me to promote somebody if I don't know them and they're, you know, to sell products or whatever on my show, but I don't feel like you use these platforms just to try to make money. I really know that you are using these platforms to educate people and that's what it's about. And so, um, again, thanks for being on the show and I want those links so we can get those out to, um, the listeners. I want to know the links of your other books so we can get those out because I believe that everybody should be reading your stuff. So thank you, Boone. Uh, it's my honor. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And also look for the Boone Color Protocols, which is more health-based. Mm -hmm. I talk about all the stuff that I, I went through health-wise, what worked, what didn't work, and what's available out there that people just are not talking about. And we're going to start that discussion too. That's huge um, because we all know uh, a lot of veterans were given dozens of medications that have all these different side effects and health and wellness is huge. Um, Boone, what are your social media outlets that people can follow you on? Uh, just look for Boone Cutler. Uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Each platform has a little bit of a different flavor because I have different admins for each platform. Uh, but it's interesting, and and I'm all about you know promoting discussion. And I I think the enemy is not each other when we think differently. The enemy is polarization. 
is when we're so polarized that any conversation we have just turns into infinite regression. Yeah. I think that's what's wrong. I think it's, it's, it's not a good thing in America. You know, people, everything you see in the stuff I do always is promoting some kind of conversation. And I hope it's a conversation between, between people that disagree. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily like the rah, rah cheering stuff 24 seven. I want to see smart people who disagree and explain their position on it and then shake hands and go, oh, okay, maybe I learned something. Maybe I didn't, but you know, we had a good conversation. That's cool. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we need to be. I agree. I agree. That's why I love you. All right, Boone. Thank you. Thanks for everybody for listening. And I will be sure to share Boone's links with you all. Um, until next time, I'm Patty Catter. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest articles, podcasts, and swag.